0: Welcome back to Emerge. On this episode, I'm speaking with Jared James. Jared is actually a new friend of mine who I met uh, because of the show. Um, one of the great joys of hosting this podcast is when listeners find me, reach out to me, and engage me in conversation. You know, this is uh, part of my learning process. I've actually had a number of people on the show uh, who I met through the show, who have emerged as a result of the show. And so um, Jared and I have had a number of quite interesting conversations. We share a lot of interests in common. And on this episode of Emerge, we have a discussion about stream entry, uh, which for those who aren't familiar, we'll, we'll kind of dive into it, various definitions on the show, but um, it has to do with awakening and liberation as a result of a contemplative practice. Uh, Stream entry is specifically a term from the kind of Buddhist canon, and it uh, is a term of art that both Jared and I have played with the meanings around. And so we explore that. We explore uh, the topic of the relationship between the philosophical investigation of things like free will and impermanence, and its relationship to meditative insight. We talk about the relationship between insight and being of benefit in the world. And I share a story about uh, an awakening that I had uh, through playing World of Warcraft, which is actually very significant in my own development. Uh, beyond that, we talk about kind of meta patterns between domains as well as the need to follow our own curiosity as a kind of path through the various interests and passions of our life. And if you enjoy this conversation with Jared, I highly recommend you check out his podcast. It's called Impactful. And unlike these uh, long, uh, Lingorious conversations that I released that are hour, hour and 15 minutes, uh, he uh, has extremely tightly edited, compact, and dare I say, impactful uh, episodes based around particular topics, many of which are related to topics explored on this podcast. And um, they they do go in in somewhat of an order. I, I highly recommend, and I'll, I'll link to this specific episode in the show notes. Uh, Jared created an episode on uh, tribes and metatribalism, which uh, if you enjoyed a previous conversation with Peter Lindbergh, you'll find a lot of uh, uh, resonant themes explored in that episode. So yeah, definitely check out Jared's podcast um, if if you enjoy this, or even if you just want a new experience. It's really um, well, well, well produced and well worth your time. And if you'd like to support emerge, uh, there are two ways you can do that. You can become a supporting listener by clicking on the show notes, the, the link in the show notes, or by going to anchor.fm slash emerge, or you can leave a review on iTunes. That is very helpful in, uh, allowing more people to discover this podcast and the conversations. And as always, if um, there are people that you'd like to hear on the show or feedback or anything else, uh, feel free to reach out to me, to connect with me. Um, I love to hear from people who are listening to this show. Uh, And perhaps, like Jared, um, it will lead to us having our own conversation that we can share with the listening audience. Um, I think playing with this division between listener and participant is something that is very uh, fruitful and alive and fertile for me. And I I hope that it produces um, a good experience for you too, as a listener. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Emerge with Jared James. Welcome to another episode of Emerge. This episode, I am very excited to welcome a kind of friend of the show and participant, in the larger conversation around the show, Jared James. Jared, welcome to Emerge.
1: Thanks. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I've I've been a fan of the show, as you said, and been following following closely. So great to be on the other side of the the mic.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And and this is you know I, I'm so happy to have you. I mean, you've been kind of participating in the show off air for some time now. So we've been having conversations, and you know, one of my dreams when I first started this show was that we could create a kind of context in which we could amplify some of the conversations that we're already having, and 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 that people could tune in and and get get caught up in whatever it was, the conversations that were happening, and then, you know, could then come on the show and sort of feed back into this cycle. So it's it's um, very uh, edifying and pleasing to to kind of have this opportunity to, to uh, share you with the audience, and then hopefully encourage other people who are listening to reach out and, you know, share their own stories and see how it all weaves together. Um, because I think that they're, you know, in, in as the namesake of the show suggests, there is a kind of way that we're constructing each other into a new kind of emergence. And I think that um, I'm excited to have a conversation with you where we can kind of demonstrate that. And so, um, yeah, happy, 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 happy to have you here. And um, the context of our conversation is, you know, uh, Jared, actually, well, why don't we start this way? Jared, why don't you just sort of give an introduction to yourself for those who aren't familiar with your work so we kind of have a starting spa- starting uh, place to go from?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I've kind of bounced around in, in many different areas um, throughout the years, um, but recently kind of found myself in the contemplative or spiritual world. Um, and I think that's that's what, what led me to you originally and, and uh, kind of focuses a lot of our conversations. Um, right now, uh, I've been spending my time kind of rebooting a podcast of my own that I did uh, in a bit of a, a trial run, um, back in 2016. Um, so I'm getting back that back up and running and, uh, kind of incorporating a lot more of this my contemplative journey, uh, along the way, since, uh, you know, recent, uh, experiences or, or insights have kind of, uh, quite, uh, changed my, my perspective quite a lot. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's kind of describes where I'm at at this moment, at least
0: right on yeah and so the there are as we've you know geeked out about before there are many topics i think that we've discovered together that we could spend and and have spent hours talking about but what we felt like would be interesting to share in this context was a kind of dialogue and conversation around um meditation and awakening and in particular uh, this concept of stream entry. And so, uh, you know, we're going to begin that conversation by just sort of unpacking uh, what it means when we say the, the word stream entry. Um, and then we're going to kind of look at, uh, talk about how, how it is that we have mm, encountered or unfolded that conception of stream entry in our own lives, how we've even you know well i I won't, I won't go too far into it before we kind of define what we're talking about so so jared what what is stream entry to you and and what's your relationship with that term
1: um well i think uh you know one thing that 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 the first thing that comes to mind is is a big caveat and that is uh, obviously that that words uh can be be tricky uh and while i'm i'm pretty new to um, the spiritual space uh, there tends to be quite a bit of discussion over uh, what constitutes stream entry um, and uh, you know, early on I wasn't really that interested in it um, but uh, it kind of um, crystallized the, the, my conception of it crystallized when I ran into some of the work of Julidasa um, and his way of describing it simply uh, it, from a what I guess you would call a, a Buddha Dharma naturalist perspective, uh, of just saying that if you have an insight experience uh, that leads to a a deep belief uh, that the the self doesn't exist, um, you know the the uh, removal of any doubt uh, of the path to enlightenment, um, the the kind of rejections of rites and rituals and, and ceremonies uh, as being kind of the hallmarks of what somebody, uh, is looking out, looking like, uh, after they've, they've had some experience. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, like I, like, like I just mentioned, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of people who might say that, you know, things like cessation or, or something might be, uh, you know, needed for that experience. And, and I definitely wouldn't character, characterize my experience as being a cessation one. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have, uh, some sort of, um, experiential, embodied, um, no self experience, um, and mostly cued by uh, you know an in, in introspective observation of of kind of dependent arising. Um, at the time, I didn't have any of this language, um, and mm-hmm. so the way I kind of characterized it as uh, was you know I'd, I'd spent a lot of time thinking about free will for, for many years and reading about it for philosophically and everything like that. Um, and, and gotten, had gotten through like early phases of, you know, understanding the academic argument and being able to recite it, uh, to eventually getting a little bit deeper to the point where I, I felt like I had an understanding and even could view what the world would look like. Um, if, uh, if, if this, uh, this, this free will wasn't existent. Um, and that was a mm. kind of, a more visceral experience, um, but then when I had this this uh, uh, this no self experience, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd understood uh, the concept for a long time, uh, but never could feel it. So it was a, a complete embodied awareness of this uh, free will, absence of free will. It was like mm. uh, you know, seeing for the first time, seeing and feeling the strings. Uh, that we're we're pulling uh, the puppet of Jared. <laughs> so, right yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope that's a, <laughs> an interesting way of describing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I guess I'll add to that that um, you know from my in my path, I first I think learned about this term stream entry in the context of this book, Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha, where you know, if you meditate long enough, if you're not really only doing like a, a mindfulness-based stress reduction or, or, you know, corporate mindfulness training, eventually you're going to encounter some kind of concept of awakening. And in the Buddhist context, that's usually uh, uh, talked about in terms of the four path model of awakening the first of which is stream entry traditionally that's how it's spoken of um, uh, you know and there's if you, if you then get further into this uh, uh, rabbit hole, you know, th- you, you discover that there are then many different perspectives on what stream entry is, who's got it, you know, mm-hmm. what the ramifications are, how do you tell, like, there's a multiplicity or plurality of perspectives within the tradition about what mm-hmm. this is. And so, you know, um, we're not trying, I think, here in this conversation to say that, you know, we know what the answer to what it is is. We're more talking from our personal experience and kind of playing with, I think, uh, what it has been like for us and what that might say more generally, or or just trying to, you know, uh, say some interesting things. I think. Um, and and the other way that I've heard it described that I think is a useful way to understand it if you're not familiar with it is that it's kind of like um, uh, entry level awakening. Right. So that's, I think, a nice way to conceptualize it. It doesn't mean that you're like uh, 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 a totally enlightened bodhisattva where flowers are coming out your butt, but it does mean that you have sort of, um, as I think Rob Berbea has said, that some of the insights that a lot of the meditative techniques are attempting to get you to see has somehow seeped into the marrow of your bones such that they can't really be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And that, does change your life it's changed you know uh it does change your life and so i'm guess uh you know establishing that as a kind of basis maybe the first thing i'd be curious about jared is like you know um i think it's interesting that you didn't have this kind of scaffolding this conceptual scaffolding um in your process and i'm curious like what your experience experience was like how you understood it and what the kind of ramifications have been um in your life.
1: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> um to, to to echo echo your sentiment sentiment too. Yeah, I uh I uh, the 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 four path model has been super helpful for me and when when I did run into that, uh it was kind of the first time um that I had read or, or heard somebody articulate something that, you know, resonated, you know, almost, almost, you know, in, in a very profound way. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that's part of of what uh, attracted me to, to start looking into Dharma a little bit more uh, as opposed to some more secular uh, variants, uh, you know, probably the, the most spiritual uh uh, exposure I had early on was, was from people like Sam Harris or something like that. So just a, a very rational deconstructive approach, um, to, mm-hmm. to what these experiences were like. Um, but yeah, you know, from my perspective, uh, it, it was a bit, it was, it was very disorienting in the sense that I, I kind of had a general idea of what I, what I was going for. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously trying to describe that without having any, you know, the, the depth of, of, uh, um, um uh, knowledge that 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 really does exist in the dharma uh, is was 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 very frustrating um and uh, you know I, I think the hallmark for me um, being that you know, when you verbalize the the shift in perspective it's actually very subtle um it wasn't like uh you know, it, when it's, when it's said out loud, it doesn't sound like something drastically different. Um, but the way that the experiential feeling of it is, is, is completely different. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, without a doubt, there's never been an experience that I've had in my life that was more perspective shifting, uh, or more impactful, uh, you know, in, in how I, um, moved, uh, you know, moved on from there, whether it was in my career, my relationships, my, mm. uh, relationship to myself and, and everything. Cause it's, uh, it's very much a recontextualization. I don't know if that that answers things but uh i, I maybe give some yeah. a little bit more context there
0: mm-hmm. yeah well well I'd be curious to hear you unpack that just a little bit more about mm-hmm. you know, what that perspective shift afforded you or changed in the context of your relationships your job your life mm-hmm.
1: yeah well i would say the the really funny thing is you know as we we mentioned or, well I guess the, the interesting place to start is if now I'm looking at uh, a lot of the contemplative teachings, um, there's a big emphasis on, you know, right livelihood, right action, uh, right speech, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I look at my uh, my intellectual and, and kind of um, life philosophy and how it, it evolved uh, in my uh, early adult life, um, I, I'm able to kind of draw these very clear connections to the same insights, but I just got them from extremely Western secular perspectives. Um, so, you know, I was, uh, very interested in the science of happiness. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of time figuring, you know, looking into psychological studies and, and, uh, you know, correlative and 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 uh, uh, correlations and things like that 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 seemed to stand out for me um and it became very clear I didn't understand exactly why but there seemed to be a co- clear correlation that a life of service and and commitment to others and, and a healthy social life was something that should be established so you know in a very kind of robotic way I was like all right well I guess I be very nice to people. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started a, a, a little nonprofit on the side because I wanted to to start giving back as well. Um, because my career previously had been, uh, in, in the marketing, uh, solely in the marketing space. Um, and, <clears throat> uh, on top of that, you know, then, then we start moving into some of that free will stuff, which, which points to some of this interconnectedness, no self impermanence type stuff, Um, I was also very interested in, uh, I had become enamored with the the concept of death and was doing kind of contemplative, uh, you know, um, meditations of some sort, like completely self-manufactured pretty much every morning, uh, thinking about Mm. my own death, the death of people close to my family, because I felt like that, that urgency to, you know, live, uh, fully, and so, so yeah, I just I kept finding all of these corollaries, whether it was through philosophy, science, um, or you know, uh, ethics um, and everything like that. And and now I'm, I can almost reconstruct every single uh, every single one of those in the in the Buddha Dharma or you know whatever other contemplative spaces that I've spent a fair amount of time in.
0: Yeah, and and those symmetries are are, are fascinating for a number of reasons. You know, one of the things that I really Um, I'm drawn to personally and and that I I attempt to do a lot in this show is revealing those kinds of symmetries, right? Between disciplines that point to something that maybe is therefore a little bit more dependable. Like maybe we're actually talking about something quote unquote real when both positive psychology independently discovers certain, uh, uh, you know, attributes or techniques or technologies that are consistent with a 2,500 year old Uh, (laughs) tradition like Buddhism, you know, that's, that's interesting. And then there's the other thing that I I think I'm particularly drawn to in this conversation, um, partly because of my own, um, let's say upbringing within the Dharma world. Uh, so, so a little bit more background for me. Uh, so this book mastering the core teachings of the Buddha is associated with a larger kind of Dharma movement in the West called pragmatic Dharma, which had a lot to do with like a kind of recipe cookbook approach to awakening, right? So you kind of sit down and you do this technique and deconstruct your phenomenological firsthand subjectivity Mm -hmm. uh, kind of at a sufficient degree of consistency and uh, maybe uh, depth or I don't know how to frame it exactly, but in the right way. And then, presto you've cooked yourself up a stream <laughs> enter or something like that we might yeah. say and and so in the in that context of pragmatic dharma um there was no sense i think of how our intellectual inquiry say into the nature of free will or whatever could have any bearing on whether or not stream entry happened for us quote unquote and so I wonder if, yeah, I want to just kind of spend some time there and, and what does that bring up for you? Like, how does that, how do you relate to that kind of tension or that, that, that question or that possibility?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the first thing that pops into my mind, right. Is, is kind of that, that, that kind of classic cliche of fake it till you make it. Um, in many mm-hmm. ways I was kind of living a life of somebody who might've had some insight into interconnectedness and, and selflessness. Um, but, and, and, and I'm sure on a subtle level it was there, um, but I was mostly doing it just because it was it was part of the equation. Um, ironically, mm-hmm. though, after this this experience uh, of of no self or, or whatever we want to call it, I, I don't really care to, to put a, a label on it, but it seems to point in, in some direction of stream entry. Um, mm-hmm. I was fine, you know. After that experience, I was able to then actually feel deeply connected and embodied with that sense of service and connection to others. And, um, mm. under, you know, all of a sudden was like understanding why I was doing the things that I had done. You know, this is why I'm giving back. This is why I'm volunteering. This is why I started a nonprofit. This is why I don't lie. This is why yeah. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and yeah. um, so yeah, it, it It is a uh, it's a lubricant. I I, I look at it as you know. If you build if you build a life uh, that makes it slippery, uh, you you can definitely fall down that that hole if if the conditions are right. Um, That being said, you know I I still was had a very a a modest practice. I I do think that the the contemplative side of things is is a a needed ingredient, Um, and uh, you know whether it's a formal practice or it's finding it in, uh, sport or hobbies. Uh, you know, one thing I I do think I got a lot of, uh, um, kind of built a lot of concentration up from, um, and, and maybe some awareness as well. Uh, that, that more peripheral awareness, uh, was I, you know, I played a a video game semi-professionally for like six years where like I played 35 hours a a week and, you know, I was Mm -hmm. commonly going into, um, Uh, into flow states, uh, when I was, when I was at the peak of my, my play and stuff. Um, and so, so there were a lot of, you know, as I look back, um, there were a lot of ingredients that I I didn't know I was already started preparing, um, that, that, that I think really aided me in the long run.
0: Nice. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess part of, part of my interest, and this is just because again, of my own, uh, I guess what, what I didn't see when I was on my, started my path is like all of these ingredients are part of it and that in fact like we can use everything in service of this larger journey which maybe isn't even about or isn't about stream entry it's about like learning and inquiry and just discovering what this life is and i think one way to kind of explicate that might be just to focus on this, this topic of free will that mm-hmm. you mentioned around, uh, you know, what, what is it about the philosophical investigation of whether or not we have free will that might like lead to liberation? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why is it that, or, or, yeah, maybe explore those symmetries a little bit so that we can spend some time playing there. I think that might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: so one thing I, I would say, you know, from from my experience of of being in um, the, these spiritual tribes uh, and, and kind of or visiting them from time to time and and getting to know people a lot, I usually see. Kind of two different two types of people. uh, If I if I have to generalize it, I'm sure there's many more. Um, And one of those those folks are are really interested in the suffering, uh, the uh, the reduction of suffering, and 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 uh, fulfillment uh, purposes of of the spiritual path. Um, And then the others, I would say, are, are a little bit more squared in the pursuit for truth. Uh, field and mm-hmm. you know that that is is so fueled by curiosity um, into the the nature of our experience um, and uh, you know and I think that if 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 I'm looking at uh, uh, things like dependent origination, um, there seem to be a lot of correlations uh, with with free will, uh, right? It is. You know there is not a, a, a cause. There's no cause without an effect, uh, and vice versa. Um, and if you take that to its logical conclusion, um, you know you you, you understand that uh, that that it seems likely that your all of your your um, decisions, uh, quote unquote, uh, have have come from previous uh, previous events uh, and and most of which uh, were out of your control uh, or and, and preceded you um, so yeah it, it both pulls away some of the the ownership uh, of, of your actions um, and connects you deeply in in kind of a temporal element as well is, is feeling like a chain of, of causality that that is, is far bigger than the individual um, and and yeah I, I'm definitely no uh, uh, you know expert of of, of and, and when it comes to dependent origination and and I know that there's many complexities um, that uh, that uh, should be considered but I, I you know at least i I feel like there's definitely some symmetry from from my experience
0: yeah a hundred percent i mean um you know one of the uh, teachers that I have studied with most, Rob Berbea mm-hmm. you know he talks about how um, for instance, the this idea of there not being a self, which is sort of core to the Buddha Dharma, mm-hmm. it is is an actual practice, like that you can use it as a kind of just way of seeing your moment to moment experience. So, like, and and he recommends using phrases like uh, you'll sit and you'll say, uh, you know, something whatever is arising, you'll say, oh, this is not me, this is mm-hmm. not mine, right, and kind of. Um, impose that way of seeing your experience on your experience, that it doesn't belong to you, that there's no self here that's controlling it, that it's just happening, so on and so forth. And, And in a way, that's the same thing that's happening when you unpack this idea of there not being free will. It's like, you can't help but then start seeing yourself and your actions in the context of a world in which there is no free will. Yep. You know, I, I, mean, I hear like I, Sam Harris is really big on there not being free will and, you yeah. know, understandably so given his meditative background and stuff. But when he talks about how there is no free will, like when he makes a persuasive argument as he does, like I can feel my self sense evaporating As he's making the argument, like he's giving, pointing out instructions. And I I don't even, I don't know if most people are, are hearing it that way or what, but there's a way in which even inquiring into these topics starts to reveal this way of seeing reality that is liberating.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and maybe just an interesting kind of side note here is, is, uh, my, my journey into this this uh, this this path of, of further and further understanding uh, the uh, what what lack of free will would actually mean um, starting out as you know like kind of a memorized thing uh, you know uh, and, and moving more on to a deep understanding where you're able to connect it to uh, you know a, a larger perspective um, and see how it would affect many many things and, and and it broadens a bit and that becomes a little bit more impactful uh, all the way to um, you know what, what? What led to the 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 dissolving of of self in my experience, which was a more embodied perspective. The, the interesting thing here is that I actually Sam Harris was was the first uh, first one who I really started listening to about this free will stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I read I read his book. I listened to many of his lectures. You know, I probably you know, probably at least eight to, to twelve hours of of Sam Harris droning on about the logical uh, consistency of this this idea. Um, and, and I, and I, the, the, the understanding was starting to develop, uh, but it actually wasn't until I ran into some fiction. Um, I was, I was reading, it was Kurt Vonnegut. It was either Slaughterhouse-Five or I think it was Slaughterhouse-Five, um, which, uh, has a, has, has, a, these, these aliens in this, this, uh, sci-fi slash, historical fiction novel that's just fabulous um, that are fourth dimensional beings. And so, you know, time is a dimension for them to, to uh, move back and forth. Um, and his poetic creative way of describing it is what took that mm. intellectual understanding and actually let it break through to a more robust understanding that was connected in, in very deep ways. Um, so, so the, the interesting thing is like, you know, finding a ways of, of, of really embodying these, these, uh, philosophies. Um, you know, I think always has to be a multidisciplinary approach. Um, and then eventually leading to that insight experience. I think that was, you know, very much dependent on a lot of Vipassana work that I was doing. Um, you know, so that I could actually see myself constructing it's, you know, uh, itself in, in live, yeah. uh, you know, in, in live action. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, just a fun little side note to, to kind of show how many totally. different influences need to end to, and, and uh, circumstances that had to come forward uh, and kind of coalesce to, to lead to that, that, that experience.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and I mean, what, what's coming up for me is, you know, the way I and I'm projecting and, and I don't know if this is true for others, but the way I uh, sort of compartmentalized my intellectual life and my spiritual life being like, Uh, you know, I'm doing this practice that is driving towards awakening or whatever, freedom. um, And then I'm listening to arguments about free will over here. and, And those were merely taking place in this kind of like abstract realm of logic and like linguistic kind of inquiry. But there's actually, I think that whole time, if somebody had just said to me, like, Hey, actually, this is all part of one process and you can leverage what you're discovering over here in this other context and even vice versa, right? That there's mm-hmm. a way in which these domains really ideally are, are interpenetrating from the very beginning or as soon as possible anyways. Like there, yeah. you know, uh, I think that that is really of interest to me and, and is one of the kind of perennial, I think, inquiries of this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we're, we're hundred percent on the same page and, and yeah, like I, I think we probably had a very, uh, so, some similar experiences and yeah, I, I there was no, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't even have labeled having any kind of spiritual interest, um, as I started having some of these spirit, you know, quote unquote spiritual experiences. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, the way I've been defining it, uh, and, and I think I, I, um, Introduced in in the, the the kind of introduction for this this uh, podcast to to kick back up um, was I kind of look at it as two complementary approaches to self development. One being thinking, um, so you know, mm-hmm. creating and utilizing and remixing these models uh, in a very free form way uh, that that is um, aligned with your curiosity, your interests, um, and and your kind of personal psychology. Um, and then fusing them and, and, and working with them to then move in back, move into this being quality, uh, where, where it becomes an embodied, um, less conceptual, uh, less abstract, uh, expression and, and starts becoming more present and, uh, and, 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 you know, embodied experience of, of actually. Verbing as opposed to nouning uh, in,
0: yeah. the, in the first, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and then yeah, again, like the, be, the the work you do on the level of being informs your thinking, yeah. right? And it's 100%. just, and it's just uh, they right? feed each other. Yeah. yeah, they feed each other and they grow together. And 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 for me, like th- that is where much of the juice is now for me is the way in which our Con- like our 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 intellectual life, our, our concepts about the world play together with our perception, and yeah. it's just like it's so rich, it's so infinitely rich. Once we reveal how these two do- these two quote unquote separate domains actually interpenetrate each other and inform each other and don't try to keep them separate as if like meditation is this opportunity to like be non-conceptual or something. Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so right there with you and yeah, yeah, go on, go on.
1: It always starts from that conceptual foundation uh, and and, and is informed by it and probably limited by it as well. So the further Mm -hmm. you expand um, that, that, that foundation and further you strengthen it. Uh, the more, uh, the more territory you're able to uh, be with. Great. Um, yeah. So, and and I, I do have. Maybe this might be an interesting yeah. time too. One of the other things that I think is really core here, and it probably was a, a necessity for to, to start having some of these these being experiences for me at least, was also trying to see some of the nature uh, this nature of in, impermanence, um, but mm-hmm. through more of a philosophical lens. Um, and, and, you know, that, that was from my experience, you know, I was, uh, I don't think I could have had, um, some of those, you know, that, that, that profound experience if I hadn't have already started to glean, uh, this, this, this idea of impermanence, even though, or, or uh, emptiness, um, even if it was through a, a super philosophical lens, um, and so, so, yeah, I don't know if that, that, that might be a fun, fun way to go. I don't yeah. Know, yeah. Well I'm, you wanna-
0: I, I, well, I'm curious what, what that philosophical investigation of, of impermanence looked like for you. I, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the free will thing was, is quite obvious to me, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear more about, yeah, the impermanence.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so definitely, yeah, the impermanence and, and then emptiness is, is, is the big one as well. Um, so, so, well, impermanence, I guess well, I'll start with the impermanence one, uh, impermanence, the, 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 uh, you know, kind of obsession with death for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, was obviously a big player there. Uh, another kind of thing that I, I look at as a very much a positive thing. Um, but, uh, I, I was actually, um, born with a, a genetic condition called cystic fibrosis, um, and, uh, and have had. A number of of kind of run in, uh, health run-ins uh, that that have um, acclimated me to my own impermanence in a very uh, visceral way, um, and so you know, seeing that my my own health is something that's fragile and and experiencing it deeply, uh, I think also kind of was a a, a subtle and uh, yet deep. Uh, uh, um, enforcement of this, this idea of impermanence as well. Um, so that, that I think was, was also probably a, a key aspect, um, of, of mm-hmm. my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the way I reacted to it as well. You know, uh, I, I was lucky enough that I think I was so young that when I started having to deal with, uh, some of these things and having to do therapy and go into the hospital and, and, you know, deal with a, a lot of these kind of more adult things that, that usually we don't have to quite deal with. Um, as opposed to being paralyzed by it, I I was lucky enough to fall into the circumstances that I kind of came out the other end with some equanimity about it, uh, which made, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, if you can bring equanimity to that experience uh, it's, it makes it that much easier to bring it to a lot of other stuff too. So, so even from a young age, I've always been kind of uh, described as that kind of person who's always okay with the way things are, (laughs) even in, in, in tough Mm -hmm. circumstances. So that, that I think is a, has been super helpful. Uh, it's probably one of the, the main unfair advantages that I've had, uh, even though most, most of the time people mm-hmm. can conceptualize as as a, as a uh, unfortunate uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving on to the emptiness stuff, um, you know, this was more of a, um, that same curiosity that was driving a lot of the, the inquiry, uh, into science and 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 philosophy and ethics and everything like that, um, because I was, you know, avidly or or, or you know, very um, aggressively looking for truth. Uh, I spent a lot of time in a lot of different tribes, uh, for for lack of a better word, um, that all you know were claiming to have these truths, uh, whether it was in diet or you know, or ethics or philanthropy or, uh, uh, you know, psychology, um, or relationships or whatever it is. Um, and however, like going into that experiences and having the curiosity being the, the key motivation there, uh, mm. often led to me removing myself from these tribes eventually when I kind of ran into some of the limitations, Um, and after doing that so many times in so many different areas, uh, you know, it came, became a very kind of like embodied idea that no single, you know, like I like to call it now map, uh, is, is really going to describe the, 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 the territory. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, yeah, that, that, uh, you know, being flexible is, is with all of these, these different concepts and ideas and, and, uh, and theories and, and, uh, models, uh, was was definitely a you know I was acting from a place of emptiness um, and and allowing myself to be flexible uh, with, mm-hmm. with many things uh, so and, and I'm sure that was a major ingredient into being able to disregard uh, the self as well.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, there's two things that that stuck out to me. One is this kind of through line of, of curiosity, and and just to kind of double click on that, you know, I've I have noticed in many of or in the spiritual tribes as you say that I've walked in that the one of the common elements of people who really take this stuff really far is that sense of mm-hmm. curiosity right it's it's yep. it's the people who attempt to be kind of like meditation robots and just sort of like end their experience through careful noting that, you know, they might get somewhere, but I do feel like that the path really opens up for folks who, for whom it is an expression of a kind of larger movement of curiosity of which this path is just like an expression of. And so just like naming that I think is really important. And, and also wondering, you know, as I often do, like, am I still curious about the domain that I'm in? Or is it time to move on? And am I kind of like clinging to it out of a sense of, you know, identity or wanting to, you know, milk it for more than it has to offer? And then the other uh uh, uh piece that I think is really interesting that y- y- what you were saying brought to my mind is that I, when I look back on my own kind of um path uh to use that word which i don't particularly like but i'll use it anyway uh (laughs) uh, i one of the first uh moments of kind of awakening if we want to use that term in a in in a way that probably some people won't like is uh i was really into this game world of warcraft right and Mm uh i you're probably familiar with the game. For people who aren't it's like an uh a massive online role playing game where you kind of uh, you create a character and then you go on quests and you level up and you do all these things uh, in the context of the game. And Mm -hmm. I had this character and you know, it was my second character I already like maxed one character out. And um, I I remember I was like one of the activities was called grinding where you would just sort of like kill creatures to get experience, to go up in level. And I was grinding and all of a sudden, this thought came into my head, like, what is it all, what is this actually for? Like, why (laughs) am I, why am I grinding right now? (laughs) You know, like what, what's the purpose of this? And it was this kind of like metacognitive move within the context of World of Warcraft that, you know, I just had this thought, this thought just arose in that, in that game as I was playing. And then... All of the interest, the and the excitement of playing just was sucked out over the next couple of days and weeks. And I just stopped playing. I just stopped <laughs> playing. And actually, like of uh, it's it, but and so like that's kind of interesting, you know, in and of itself. But then there is this kind of meta pattern that looking back, I can identify, and I think you're speaking to it too, there's both the meta pattern of exhausting a domain, right? And kind of going beyond it. But then there's also this capacity to see those patterns as you move between domains over time. Uh, and again, there's that through line of curiosity. So as long as you keep being honest and like moving forward and being willing to be in the, uh, uh, the, the, um, the kind of state of, of dissolution, like after you realize that World of Warcraft isn't going to be your path to eternal happiness or whatever. And you're like, oh, what am I going to do now? And then, you know, at that point in my life, I actually started getting into like exercise and, and things like that. Like that was a moment of awakening where I was like, oh, actually I'm overweight and uh, I'm, I'm interested in girls, but they're not interested in me. I should probably do something about that. You know, World of Warcraft isn't isn't my ticket, uh, I guess, anymore. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting how these things that I think we typically think of as like... Not spiritual, or so to speak, you know. I'm doing air yeah. quotes behind the microphone. Uh, you know, with the right frame of right, with the right context, actually, can be opportunities for insight. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and and this probably is you know that that sums up my uh, my my dislike of the word spirituality because mm. I think it is it, it is inherently uh, you know. Or, or implicitly saying that this is a separate from everything else, right? So, so you know that, that's why. Um, yeah, if if everything is sacred, uh, that is 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 such a, a better frame to approach any and every experience, uh, and and makes it you know filled with with potential to have any of these these connected moments. Um, it, it's funny you said one of the other things that I think is important there too is. This this relating or connecting a lot of the learnings and applying them to other areas. Um, you know, if there's, you know, I don't have any uh, prestigious degree uh, at, at any colleges or anything like that, and pretty much all of my learning was 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 self directed, um, and so completely directed by by my curiosity. Um, and the the while I have a lot of big. Deficiencies when it comes to like my memory. Uh, you know, I, I, time is really hard for me to, to uh, identify whatsoever. Uh, I have no sense of geography, you know, like these major gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that has always been there is that I, I've been pretty good at remembering the conceptual fra- framework of these different philosophies, ideas from different fields. Uh, and I think it's because I got in the habit of making sure that anytime something was resonating with me that I was connecting with from a, a genuine place of curiosity, um, I was trying to relate it to nice. something else that I had, had gone through, other experiences, and put it, you know, kind of puzzle these things together. Um and, you know, that I think that points to, you know, another one of those those big words that is really important. And that's that interconnected nature. Um, you know, as, as soon as you start seeing that all of your pursuits are connected in some fundamental ways. Uh, you know, that, that can be extremely liberating in, in so many ways. And, and also it lets you fully, you know, incorporate them into your world model that much
0: better Yeah, or that much quicker. Yeah. And it liberates so much energy, I think, and curiosity. And, yeah. and you know, I was reading this, uh, this article, this paper recently, and, and it was by an educational philosopher who's, who's a very radical person. And, and one of the things he said is something like, you know, if passion isn't present, is it even learning? Right? Yeah. And it's like, I, yeah. I, yeah I, and I think that's something that we both of us share. And I think it points to a kind of new possibility in today's world around what we used to call autodidacticism. But I think mm-hmm. increasingly is just like what you need to do in order to discover your niche in today's world. Yeah, right, like yeah. You can no longer afford not to be passionately engaged with your own uh, emergence, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know it, it really describes the importance, you know, it, the, the thing about curiosity and passion is that they it can get a bit complicated and, from a semantics perspective, but and, and I'm willing to, to say that there could still, still be uh, subtle clinging in, in that, that uh, in, in, a, in a exploration of curiosity, but it's definitely a curious exploration or a passionate exploration is usually far less connected to an outcome uh, mm-hmm. than you know than, than you know, I'm going to start lifting weights so that I can you know look strong and, and you know like. Be yeah. you know, it's a very selfing, you know, a, a self-oriented uh, uh, behavior that that is 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 reinforcing this 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 uh, idea of self, uh, and and in the process alienating us from everybody else in the prospect and, and in, the, in the process. Um, so finding these, I, I almost look at them as vehicles uh, for your practice um, is is really important. Uh, you know, I think curiosity is one. Uh, I think a lot of people you know get it from more of a Heart centered, you know, love expression, uh, mm. connecting deeply with something in, in, a, in a loving way, um, or you know, or even um, more of a, a looking for some sort of groundedness, um, or, or or sense of of security, um, or, or, or identifying with that that groundedness that's that's uh, persistent, um, the, the persistent quality in our experience. All of these things mm. are, are far less. Uh, contaminated with individual wants and needs uh and, and yeah I, I think just as a, a thinking person myself uh curiosity is, is usually the vehicle that i'm i'm uh, hopping into it's the most accessible because my my brain yeah. likes to likes to think
0: <laughs> totally totally and, and i uh i want i want to like shift gears a little bit but before we do uh, there's um uh, uh it what you just said reminded me of um Ido portal the kind of movement uh, Mm. expert or what trainer or whatever, uh, who, if you don't, if if you're listening, you don't know who he is, look up some videos of him. He's, he's really inspiring in the way he moves, but he, he talks about how in, in the realm of movement. And I think this is, again, one of those things you can then apply to other domains, but, um, is, you know, it's when you actually achieve the thing that you are going for is the moment that you're fucked. Right. Because (laughs) at that point, what are you doing? Like, how are wh- how are you moving forward? Right, that's the point at which people start to get real sad, and you know things start to fall apart. And so, finding yeah. a, a a some kind of form of motivation that isn't based on the achievement of a discrete goal, like, yeah. is is just so important. And I just think that that's a a fun example from another domain of somebody who, you know, I, I think it, it has discovered that too. Um, and yeah, so, I mean,
1: uh, it gets, it gets yeah. reinforced over and over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And, and the more you see it, the more you see it. Uh, and, and so uh, I think what I'd like to do now is is kind of talk about, you know, both of us have, I think, a really deep interest in, in being a benefit to the world, broadly defined, you know, being a part of uh, that that our actions in some way, shape or form might be part of of you know, making the world a better place to use a kind of cliche, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you frame it in terms of impactful. Um, and, and, and I guess I, w- I would like to talk to you just about like, what is the relationship in your mind having studied all these different disciplines and, and kind of also with the exploration that you're going on with impactful, mm-hmm. um, uh, <clears throat> what's the relationship between this thing we call stream entry and being of benefit to the world? Yeah. I mean, I think,
1: well, there's, I guess there's many, many paths we could take here. Um, but, uh, I think that in the, the, the simplest way, um, the, the core of pretty much every spiritual practice that I've run into all point to, to recontextualizing the way we see ourselves. Um, Mm. If that means that you're something bigger or if it means you're, you're something that's not there or, you know, or, or you're, you're you're God or love or whatever it is, Mm. it always is, is, is expanding that definition or, or abolishing it completely. Mm. And if you know, one of the easiest and most natural human ways to express non-self-attachment is just through serving others. Um, and anytime you go into uh, any experience with the clear in- with the, with the predominant intention of serving others and helping others, um, I think that uh, you know it, it's it weakens that connection to yourself um, and, that, and and that connection to outcomes for yourself. Um, and so, so you know that, that would be the through line, I'd say, at, at the most fundamental space. Um, but I think the other you know thing here is the, the thing that that's complicated here is that you know there, there is no <laughs> there's no guarantee that those intentions are always going to lead to the most
0: mm-hmm.
1: impactful. Uh, outcome, um, the way everybody's individual experiences, perspective, and, and, and preferences are will determine the best way for them to, you know, act out of service. Um, sometimes that means, you know, creating and, and inspire creating deep connections with your family or close friends in a way that inspires them to do, to do something bigger. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you can you could dedicate yourself to philanthropy, uh, and, 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 and aid, uh, to try and, uh, you know, lift people out of their, their circumstances their unfortunate circumstances. Um, and, and the key thing here is just that I think the, the best path is usually the one that is, um, the one that, that is interesting, engaging and, and easy to be embodied in. Uh, because if you don't choose the one that is, is aligned with yourself, um, it's easily it's easy to burn out, uh, and, uh, and, and then start you mm-hmm. know, damaging yourself and, and in turn your ability to, to serve, uh, in the long run. So it's, it's a delicate dance. Um, and mm-hmm. I, 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 wish it was more simple, but, uh, but yeah, and, uh, everybody's got something unique that they can give and, and every time they do, they're, uh, detaching a bit more from themselves and, and feeling a bit more connected to something bigger.
0: Yeah, that's that's well said. And I think that what comes to my mind is that uh, it's so easy, and I speak from personal experience here, for our ideas of service to become a kind of vanity project, right? And, and all, there's all kinds of ways that this can seep in. And I think that often we don't realize it until we see how resentful we've become, or we see that, oh, in fact, what I thought was of service was not, right? And and that there is, I think, a shift in perspective that comes uh, as a result of of contemplative practice and, and perhaps of something like stream entry that doesn't exempt you from those vanity projects, but at least Let's helps you to see it when you're doing it a little bit more clearly, and it seems yeah. like that is that that tendency to be mistaken about our own intentions or to not see our own intentions clearly is the kind of like generator of a lot of problems, even within the context of oh, I'm being of service, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that that's what came to mind as you were as you were sharing that, and I think that's yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that, uh, I think that's the, the big thing for me is I, I, I would would, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I don't want to speak for, uh, the, the whole spiritual space, but, uh, you know, it seems that stream entry is often looked at as like, this is the place where then you can kind of start floating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I've gotten there now. I'm just going to slowly awaken, uh, over time. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, There's, there's that. I I feel like that's like the, seems to be the core insight that people have eventually, uh, after being in that stream entry, is you develop enough mindfulness uh, and get enough clarity on your own motivations, and you start to see all of that subtle, uh, that subtle underlying uh, attachment. Uh, which which is, is is terrifying at first, but uh, but then energizing to, to for, for you know, showing you how much work is left to done. Totally, left to do, right? totally,
0: yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, my teacher at the monastery would make fun of this uh, kind of perspective on meditation, or, where he would jokingly or jokingly, and I think scathingly, say that the people who thought. That you get enlightened and then go home, you know, like that there's <laughs> that it's just like, uh, and it's, it's funny, it's exactly the same thing that Ido Portal is talking about, right? If you think Ooh. that stream entry is going to solve all of your problems, you're going to be very <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> you're going to be extremely disappointed, right? And yeah, there's so. like, uh, uh, I, I, maybe some some of that, it might be necessary as a kind of, um uh, d- Form of motivation, but I don't know really? how much of that is necessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean the
1: the cliche thing that I always like to say is just that, you know achieving and getting the things that you want in life is is the best and worst thing that happens to us. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it shows you the the impermanent nature of it and the the illusion of of arriving um, and and disillusionment and, and can often lead you to dark places, mm-hmm. um, but. It also shows you the, the the emptiness of the that pursuit, and and uh, and the it, it's an opportunity to uh, revel in in the process uh, mm-hmm. and of 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 being and and thinking.
0: Right, <laughs> but that and I think that the one of the things to to reflect on, or or that I uh, wonder about, is how much that perspective that you just said is a kind of like quote unquote byproduct of something like awakening. And how much of it can just be a kind of belief or conviction that we opt into, regardless of if we've ever meditated in our lives, you know? And and if that's the case, then I, I highly recommend you don't wait, you know, if you're listening to this and just choose to see the world that way, if that's possible for you. Because I think, you know, I certainly operated under the assumption that like, um. And it's interesting, you know, I don't, I, I really don't know, you know, like when I was really gunning for stream entry, like, would I have been gunning for stream entry in the way that, you know, really made a difference? um, If I thought like, oh, actually like getting stream entry isn't going to really solve my problems, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I would have. And so is it is that delusion necessary, or something like that, or or is that perspective of this is going to solve it? Whether you know, delusion don't call it delusion. Uh, is that necessary to, yeah. to do the work that needs to be done?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is, I think this is the sloppy thing. Uh, you know, like uh, I, I I like uh, the way that Julidasa describes karma uh, and the you know, which is a little bit more of a deflative uh, a deflated uh, approach, and it's just simply that that you never know the outcomes of, uh, you know, of of your actions or the actions of the world, and uh, Mm -hmm. all you control control is the intention, Uh, and, and, you know, you just, uh, whenever something happens, uh, labeling it as good or bad, uh, both both of them can be damaging, because, uh, each each one of them is an opportunity to learn something, and each one of them could lead to to something that's great. Uh, but you know, it's just hard to tell. So, s- staying a, a bit indifferent and and just kind of <laughs> being with it is, is maybe the the key there. Uh, I, I guess depending, I'm sure the way you contextualize it afterwards uh, is is probably more important than than when it happened.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, that reminds me of, uh, I think, I think I, I, we, I got to a kind of similar place with Bonita Roy in one of my previous podcast conversations where I was mm-hmm. just like, well, so like, how does this help us really act in a way that is of benefit or that really makes a difference? And, and she was like, well, fundamentally, we just have no idea what the impact of our actions are. And she's like, yeah. you know, that's one of those, answers that people don't like one of those real answers <laughs> I was just like all right thank you <laughs> i appreciate that i i appreciate that honesty you know and that and 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 i think it's you know as true as something can be is the is the reality that um yeah. regardless of our best intentions we're going to we're going to act and and the chips are going to fall
1: you know yeah we're we're the this tiny tiny dice rolling in the the universe uh and and being in fact impacted by many, uh, you know, infinite amount of other dice. Uh, you never know when, when they're going to roll and hit, hit into you, knock into you. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it, that's the, that's the nature of interconnectedness, I guess there's no one person to- is, is separate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. And, and as add to that, like, and it's way more fun to imagine yeah. ourselves as being like, you know, Like interesting dice that you know are really doing our best and are like aligned on this beautiful vision and mission and uh like that that is actually makes that process of being a dice blowing in the wind or whatever (laughs) to be more uh you know beautiful at the very least. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, even something that you know, like like we said, you don't always have to have these these big insights uh, that uh, that lead to some of these same conclusions and. I remember years ago that the metaphor that I was the life metaphor that I was obsessed with is looking at life as a, like a roller coaster. Uh, and Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you're strapped in and moving, uh, you know, you're, you're going in a, you know, on a, on a path that you have zero control over Mm -hmm. and, uh, you can either enjoy it, uh, or you can close your eyes. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're going to get sick or whatever. It's, you know, it's just, just be, be with the experience. Uh, and, and the cool thing is, is that I think, there is no other. There is no other writer that is is you, uh, or, or who ha- who has the same experience. Um, so there is a uniqueness to it uh, as well. And and, and the, the the paradoxical thing is that to fully experience that uniqueness, uh, you have to let it go at first, mm. <laughs> which is just such a, a strange uh, and 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 you know awe inspiring aspect of, of so many insights that lead to this this, this, this strange uh, non dual
0: um, acceptance. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that feels like a a good place to (laughs) draw this conversation to a close I really like that's a, that's, it's, that's beautiful. I think that's well said. And I think that that really does, you know, encapsulate, as you say, that the, 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 the strangeness and the beauty and, and almost like the kind of, I think, awkwardness of that, of that kind of way of seeing. And it's, 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 um, it, it's an awkwardness that I live with every day and I, that I wouldn't trade for anything, you know? Um, and so, th- yeah, any, any kind of final, uh, words before we, we end this conversation?
1: No, I don't, uh, I don't think, uh, anything's coming up to me right now, but, uh, yeah, I think we covered some good ground and, uh, and hope that nobody looks to, uh, uh, to see as, uh, perceive what I've said as is any kind of, uh, claim, uh, truth claim or anything like that. i holding totally. all of these, yeah. and, these maps at a yeah. distance and, and i committed to none of them. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And I'll just say uh, this is something I've discussed with uh, somebody uh, that, that, uh, or actually I'll say this, uh, if, if you're a kind of uh, easily offended Buddhist uh, that seems to be, for some reason, I've noticed one of the easiest internet subcultures to offend. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and direct your concerns to Vincent Horn at Buddhist Geeks. Uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's developed a, a good process for, I think, fielding such concerns. Uh, you know, don't, uh, don't send them my way. Thank you very much. But, <laughs> and, and I hope, I hope that we didn't offend you. But if we did, you know, um, www.buddhisgeeks.com. <laughs>
1: It's all it's all emptiness.